Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good Friday morning. Normally, yes. we're celebrating because it's a football Friday. We got college football, NFL. Key, what do you got we're still, here? We're still celebrating, man. We're going to celebrate. We're going to have fun. We're going to enjoy the mornings. And hey. We're going to enjoy the afternoons. And we're going to enjoy the evenings. Um, this is obviously unprecedented times because of the pandemic. But if it was not a pandemic and, and this was Halloween and it was going on on Saturday and Things were happening and costumes was made and we were walking around with our kids mm-hmm. Halloween and you would just be letting people knock on your door, trick-or-treating. What would you be giving out, Zubin? I, you probably think I'm the guy that gives out like the apple, but no. I'm not no, the, I, I, mean, I didn't say. You were actually, thinking that. Actually, you were thinking no, that. I no, wasn't that's thinking not true. that at all. No, I didn't think you was the guy give out the apple. Not at all. Not one Here, bit. little kid. Take what would you apple. give out? I'm a big fan of giving out little candies like nerds, Gobstoppers, runts. Do you remember those things? Yeah, I know the nerds. Yes, I don't know the to, gobstoppers. Yeah, you have to bite like incredibly hard. The gooey, yeah. Yeah. And I just think kids love that stuff. As we get older, we realize what happens to our teeth, all that stuff, but the kids love that stuff. Coming from a guy with no kids, by the way. But I was, As you referenced me with the, with the teeth comment, because my would you, teeth are being pulled out. What would you give, what would you give out, Jay? Because it would be interesting to see what you would give out. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, it seems like to me you okay. would, you would oh, try to oh, no. communicate with the kids about... <laughs> communicate? Yes, with the kids about healthy living and eating correctly. And don't eat this certain candy. And this is... That's what it seems like. You would talk to them about fruits and veggies. You're making me sound like I'm the one from California here. I, I'm just saying. You, you're the one that has clean living. And I was the one talking about pork roll yesterday. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. But I'm just saying from a candy standpoint, it just seemed yeah. like you would give out the, the better candy, candy the, the stuff that you would get at Whole Foods or something. <laughs> like the Godiva chocolate. Yeah, yeah the Godiva, there you go. The Godiva <laughs> chocolate. Candy. I go, I go sweetest fish. That's good. And then, and then I go I go what Zubin had for breakfast the other day. I go Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> Do you believe he brought in Sour Patch Kids yeah, at saw 5 a.m. in table. the morning? And he was having Coke and Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> okay. You know how I much energy it takes to keep up with you guys for four hours? Dollar point. No, yeah. can, candy, yeah. So Are you look, a candy guy? I, we just go to Costco and load up. Whatever, whatever we load up and just... Like the grab bag? Like the gigantic well, plastic where bag? Where we were living but prior to moving here... It was crazy. The whole block. It was just. Yeah, it was what, like what a, kind of candy did it pass around in Calabasas with the Jenners and you know the Kardashians? <laughs> Have you seen Super Size? <laughs> literally, though. No, no. This it, it, Super Size. Literally, damn near every door you go to, large pack of this, large pack. I mean, it's just like. Well, you get gift baskets. Is that they, what get, they, get? they do. Jay, I'm gonna go through my phone. and I'm gonna show you some stuff and doing a break. It's crazy because it's literally a whole block, right? It's it's probably about a. It's probably a, a at least a half a mile within the community mm-hmm. in literally every single house mm. on that street is decorated to the nines, like to the nines, like hunted houses and this and that and it, mazes and kids. And so what happens is they will allow people from outside the residence to come in as long as you know somebody within the community. So you have thousands, mm. thousands of people riding their golf carts, doing and it's like all night long. All night long. See that Calabasas life, Zubin? Riding their golf carts. <laughs> that says it all. That well, says it all. ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm just saying what the community is. <laughs> I ain't got nothing to do with me. Indeed. Last but you word. give out bars, man. You give okay. out the good stuff. All right. 
Indeed. Why in the world did this guy give me kale, Mom? Why did we- <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Don't point to me. <laughs> We're having fun. If you're going out trick or treating tomorrow, have some fun. I don't be think safe. anybody's going out trick or treating. No. Yeah. But if there's just if you live like in an apartment building like I do, it's not worst thing in the world. Maybe go door to door, something like that. Just have a little right. fun. We're gonna kids. do that. I mean, up in CT, yeah, we're gonna go out trick, but it's just in our little pocket, and people have to leave the candy outside in a basket. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I guess right. limit cunt. Socially dis- <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm good. All right, here we go. <laughs> We uh, want to mention the news about Trevor Lawrence today. He has tested positive for COVID-19. That news came out late last night, around 8.50 or so. You may have missed it. Uh, and if you did, that's the big story in sports this Friday morning. I want to just read this statement from Lawrence himself, and then we'll get into the particulars and what our expert thinks here, what it means for the playoff. Quote, this is Trevor Lawrence releasing a statement. I have tested positive for COVID-19, and my symptoms have been relatively mild while I'm following the protocol from Clemson and the ACC. The only thing that hurts is missing an opportunity to be with my teammates this weekend and play the game I love, Lawrence said. I hate that I can't be there, but I'll be watching from isolation and pulling for our guys while I wait for the opportunity to rejoin the team. God bless and go Tigers. We should mention that in the ACC, you have to have a period of 10 days of isolation from the onset of symptoms or the test being positive with numerous reports saying Lawrence tested positive on Wednesday. If you give that 10 days, clearly he would miss tomorrow's game against Boston College, but he could be back for next Saturday's gigantic top five showdown between the Tigers and number four Notre Dame. Heather Dinich, ESPN College football playoff reporter, and obviously the Tigers have their eyes on the playoff, as they have pretty much each and every year, with the exception of one in the playoff era. She joined us this morning to opine on what happens if Clemson were to lose to Notre Dame without, November, uh, without Lawrence on November 8th, next Saturday, but then comes back to beat them in the ACC title game. Yes, Notre Dame is eligible on December 19th. What if there's a split? What happens then? The ACC could make a case for two teams in the college football playoff, depending on what happens throughout those other Power Five conference championship games. So this is huge news, obviously, because of who it is, Trevor Lawrence. But in the big picture, it might not quite change Clemson's playoff position in the long run. So keep in mind, November 7th, the first game against Notre Dame, maybe with Lawrence, maybe without December 19th, a possible rematch if both teams could get there. And you would think, hopefully, we're all hoping and praying that Lawrence would certainly be back by then. And then the very next day, as Heather said, the playoff committee would have to decide whether there are one, two, or, in a strange scenario, no teams from the ACC in the playoff. Key, how do you see it playing out at this point, knowing that the two games against Notre Dame, if there are two, essentially are the only tests on this team's schedule? Well, I... I... It just depends. I guess you got to look at it. For for me, if I'm if I'm there, I got to look at it with my eyes and see what it is. Whether Trevor Lawrence is playing or not playing, and how the outcome is. If they lose to a Notre Dame football team that is, and I'm not talking about a long fifty yard field goal at the end of regulation type loss. I'm talking about a blowout. If if they get drugged through the mud. Uh, by Notre Dame, then there's nothing to even talk about, right? It's just it, – there's nothing to, to see there. Um, you certainly want to always have the top programs and the top players on the biggest stage in sports because from a money-generating standpoint, from a rating standpoint, the eyeballs, that's what they want to see. They don't want to see teams that have no snack, crackle, pop. And, I'm, and, I, and I talked about this yesterday – 
about Wisconsin. Like, it's cool, but do they do people really want to see Wisconsin in the Final Four? I mean, do people really want to see Oklahoma again, even though they're they're out of it with their two losses again in the Final Four? You want to see teams that look real that make you say, okay, they have a chance to beat a Georgia or a or an Ohio State or an Alabama, and Clemson certainly does. I don't want to see Notre Dame in the final. We know what that looked like the last time they was there. Mm. Like they don't they don't have the athletes to match up man for man with the Alabamas and the Clemsons of the world. So, you know, I watch Notre Dame against Pitt. I'm good on that. I'm and good on that. By the way, who did Notre Dame lose to the last time they were in the playoff? Clemson. Exactly. I know what that looks like. So it's certain teams that I don't want to see in a college football playoff. I just have a problem with college football playoff committee. So they are the ones that actually are able to procure who the Final Four is. But it's like they don't – there's not a one universal governing rules for all different conferences. Like each conference has its own autonomy to decide what their protocol is, Zubin, and that's frustrating. There's not universal protocol. Like, so you can have the ACC decide to do it one way. Mm-hmm. You can have the Big Ten that decides to do a 21-day quarantine. It's not at the onset. It's actually when they establish you to have COVID. Mm-hmm. And then you have the SEC that decides to test Nick Saban out, right, to a degree. And then so, remember, with the Big 12, they have a rule with regards to how many players you have to have at certain positions. So, for example, if you don't have seven offensive linemen, you can't play a game. Yeah, it's just it, it. That's absurd to me. There should be. They should have all worked together universally for one set of protocols. This way, everybody can abide. This way, you don't have so much volatility when the college football playoff committee has to make these type of decisions. Fair enough. We'll talk about it all throughout the morning. The college football playoff committee, comprised of thirteen men and women, and the eyes of the world will be on them. December. 20th. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Still to come, the uninspiring to many Chicago White Sox hired one of the greatest managers in baseball history. So why are so many people so down on this hire? Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Point, but I would also tell you years ago, if you're old enough for this name, People said the same thing about Jack McKeon and the then Florida Marlins. He was an elder statesman, and people didn't realize that could work, and it worked to the highest degree. Can it work 
for Tony Larusa in Act Number Two, 34 years after Act One ended. Good morning, Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's head right to the Shell Pennzoil performance line to bring in David Kaplan. He's the host of Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Jay's got a great relationship from his time with the Bulls. And David essentially hosting pre and post for the Cubs and covering the Bulls, the Blackhawks, Northwestern, college basketball, everything over the last 25 years. Nobody knows Chicago better. Good morning, David. The White Sox with their hire got older, wiser, I'm not sure if they got better. So what is the reaction in Chicago to the Pale Hose bringing LaRusa back? Well, first of all, good morning. It's an honor to be on with you guys. Jay Will and I go way back. My man. But the reaction in Chicago from, and I'm not going to speak for every White Sox fan, but I talk to a lot of them and social media, they're outraged. They're, there's not a ton of support from the fan base for this hire. Now, I picked up the phone yesterday and I called Ryan Terrio, who played for the Cubs and the Cardinals. I talked to Gary Bennett, who was the backup catcher for a while for Tony, to Yanni Molina. Both guys said, we're chuckling. We know what this guy is like in the room. And I'm just telling you, the first day that they walk in and meet, ultimate respect for that guy. And he is not what the fan base thinks he is. He's an amazing relationship guy. And so they feel like this can absolutely work and that Tony still has the fire to lead the Chicago White Sox. They got great talent. I'm just telling you, the Cubs are going in one direction. That's headed toward a retooling. The White Sox are the rocket ship in town that is headed toward the stratosphere. Mm. They have really good players. David, why the outrage then? Because he's 76, because... We're in a different time, and his comments 2016 about Colin Kaepernick, all that, you know, this different generation didn't want to hear that, and they didn't want a 76-year-old manager. Much as I think he's an awesome manager, and I think they are going to be really, really good as a team, and I think he makes them better. They're never going to get outmanaged, I can tell you that. But the difference is they wanted A.J. Hinch, they wanted – Somebody like that that they felt was the hot, younger name with this hot, exciting young team. So, you know, there are people that like Tony, but I can tell you the fan base here, not happy. In the fan base, not happy. Like you said, this team is a ready-to-win-now type team. How long will they give Tony before they're ready to run him out of town? Um, look, he's not going to do this for the next 10 years, but I would think – there's a two- or three-year window here where you just got, as these two players I talked to yesterday said, you will not be out-prepared. No one will be more prepared every day. His goal is to walk in that door, put his players in the best possible position to find a way to win a game that day. That's it. That's what he does, and his players all love playing for him. So if that stuff all is true and all works out here with the talent they have and his relationship with Jerry Reinsdorf, I'm just telling you, Jerry's not bringing him in here just to cash a check and hang out. I think they're going to spend money. I think they're going to be aggressive. They're going to add to their starting rotation. And I think this, I said yesterday on Twitter, you can yell, take that at me all you want if I'm wrong. I think before he rides out of town, they will win the World Series. Wow. Wow, wow Cap. Okay. So that, that, that leads Just to my next you. question, Cap. Like, in order for that to occur, the relatability he has to have to his players is monumental. How do you think 
Larusa handles personalities like our guy Tim Anderson, who obviously bat flips, does things that are new in 2020. Okay, so I went back yesterday and I watched some of Tony's games on YouTube from when he was in Oakland. He had the swaggiest guy going in Ricky Henderson. He never stifled him. Mm. And as I asked one of the players that I talked to, he said, hold on a second. Are you telling me that Albert Pujols never strutted and pimped the home run? He absolutely did. Tony just believes if you're winning 9-1, to one, don't be strutting. But if you hit a big home run in a big spot and you want to flip your bat, go right ahead. He said, I'm telling you, that will not be a problem. Nobody knows Chicago sports like David Kaplan. He's the host of Cap and Hood on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. I want to reference and go back to something you said just a couple of minutes ago with Tony's comments about kneeling back in 2016. Obviously, we've seen many athletes, including Drew Brees, change their tune on that in 2020. The world's a little bit of a different place here four years later. Uh, David, I want you to take a listen to this. This is when LaRusso was in the front office. Remember, he's a four-time manager of the year and a Hall of Famer. But this is when he was an executive with the Arizona Diamondbacks. I think it's important to give context. He wasn't in the dugout when he made this comment. On the Dan Lebitard show on September 14th, 2016, a little over four years ago, remember where we were in the country at that time, his thoughts on players kneeling. I would not allow it on my team because I think respect for this country, the flag, I know what the the Constitution says, but I also know you have some rights as an organization. And I really really distrust Kaepernick's sincerity. I was there in the Bay Area when he first was a star a real star. I never once saw him do anything but promote himself. And all of a sudden now he's a second stringer and, and he's got this, uh, this mission on to, and I, I just don't trust his sincerity. And even if he was sincere, there's ways to express your, your belief in, you know, some of the issues that, that face black blacks around this country without disrespecting the country you live in or the flag that it represents absolutely would not allow it. Okay, we want to mention here that he was the longtime manager of the Oakland A's, a legendary manager, and had settled in the Bay Area for a while after that, so he was familiar with it. However, in the interest of equal time, we do have to mention anytime anybody changes their tune and evolves in life, we have to mention it. It just can't be one-sided all the time. This is LaRussa in his Zoom interview after officially being named the White Sox manager addressing those comments you just heard four years ago. I know in 2016... When the first issue occurred, uh, my initial instincts were all about, you know, respecting the flag and the anthem and, the, you know, what America stands for. There's been a lot goes on in a very healthy way since 2016. And uh, not only do I respect, but I applaud the uh, awareness that's come into not just society, but especially in sports. If you talk about specifically baseball, uh, I applaud and would support the fact that they were are now addressing, identifying the injustices, uh, especially on the racial side. Okay, David. So two comments, four years apart. We just heard them in totality. What do you think? I take him at his word. I mean, look, my late father was in the military, and it was in my house. That flag better never touch the ground when you're taking it down. Nothing. And when I first heard it in 16, my dad was already gone. I'm like, whoa, whoa. I don't know how my dad would react to that. And here I am four years later, and I wish I could have a conversation with my dad because I look at Colin Kaepernick as he was a hero. 
That guy gave his millions of dollars and his career because of something he believed in. Not too many people are willing to walk away from the fame, the adulation, all of it. And I hope that Tony's sincere. I believe that he'll be sincere. I think a lot of people have evolved, and I think that's a good thing. We're still in a bad place in this country, obviously, but he's a smart guy. And I think he realizes I'm managing a different era of players. And if what that guy did is heroic to a lot, maybe I need to look in the mirror and realize maybe my take four years ago wasn't very good. It's an absolutely great point. Many players and former athletes like the late great Muhammad Ali have to wait for decades for people to realize the change that they make. I think for Colin Kaepernick here in the last half decade or so, people are already beginning to understand what he did. The bottom line, an 84-year-old owner is putting trust in a 76-year-old manager. Who says it's a millennial's world? We'll see how it all works out. Have a great show let today, me, Dave. Let me just tell you this yeah. as I let you go. Sure. Jerry's first manager was Tony La Russa. Mm. Now he's 84. He doesn't know how much time he has left. None of us do. We're all day-to-day. Yeah. But what better way to right the wrong that has bothered Jerry since the day it happened? They both ride out on top with a World Series trophy, and they go, adios, see you later. Thank you, David. Have a great show. David does believe Tony LaRusso could be the factor to take Luis Robert and that amazing young roster they have all the way to the World Series. All right, fellas. Uh, Thanks, Cap. Thank you, Cap. Thanks a lot. That was uh, some, you have to think back at those comments four years ago from LaRusso. I just want to get your fellas' thoughts on what you heard in 2016, how indignant he was about it. And his comments from yesterday, I wouldn't say walking it back, but maybe seeing it in a different light. Well, remember on the call, just let's start on the call yesterday we had for our pre-production meeting. One of the first things I said is he get, he'll get it. He understands. He's, he's a, a tough, hard-nosed player's coach as long as you're doing the right things, bat flips and things of that nature. And you've seen other players that have played for him say, people, it'll be fine. Don't even worry about it because that is his style. A lot of old-school coaches with an old-school mentality, they throw off a certain aura about who they are. But behind closed doors, it's always they're going to wrap their arms around you and things will be, you know, oh, everything's good. And then they get out into the light and they they teach differently in front of everybody. Now, move to 2016. Um, You know, he said his initial reaction, right? That's when his he, words. That man. was his initial reaction in 2016 to the disrespect of the flag. Okay, when the message is being sent to you and it's being hijacked along the way, and you don't open your eyes to that message, you being stuck because people were pushing, he's disrespecting the flag of the military, disrespecting the flag of the military, when in fact that was never the case. Never one word came out of Kaepernick's mouth or anybody in Kaepernick's camp about disrespecting the flag of the military. But because you're listening to other people tell you that this is what's going on, now you done bought into that narrative, so you don't want to hear it anymore. Ah, he's disrespecting the flag. Brutality. And your mindset isn't that. Now that you've had a chance to step back and remove yourself four years later, and now that you see that this country is turning a page and people are realizing, uh uh-oh, we made a mistake. We listened to the wrong people. We shouldn't have been doing that. Even though they're still trying to push, it's the flag of the military, which is ridiculous. We all know that that's not the case. It's unjust, police brutality, the way that we're treated in our African-American, black minority communities, black and brown, by the police and by others. 
That is what the message was always about. The protest was always about and still is to this day. He gets it now because he sees it clear. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. It's okay. It's okay to evolve, to learn. Even though he's 76 years old, he's still learning. And he will continue to learn. I appreciate that because you have a lot of people that say, well, this is just the way it is and this is the way I think and I'm not going to change. Well, I, I praise the evolution for Tony. I praise that. And I will also say that for a person in his position, tonality is everything with how you lead. And him talking about awareness, his tone, and how he can describe that complexity of where he was to where he is now, I, I, I give credit to that because we need that tonality in society today. So with that being said, the one person, Zubin, Hmm. wants to talk to more than Derek Jeter himself and Peyton Manning after SportsCenter coming up next. Why did you go into that place? Don't get too good at that because that's, that's how I get paid to do that. So you're good. I wasn't you're, the tease. You're really good at that. But now we're at the tease. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. I was close. <laughs> no, you're right on the money. Let's roll through SportsCenter and then we'll answer that question. Get that guest on the line, a little college football. Let's start with college football. Trevor Lawrence testing positive for COVID-19, the star Clemson quarterback. It's still unclear, of course, whether Nick Saban really tested positive or not. But here we are in a span of a couple of weeks, the number one coach in the sport, the number one player in the sport, both testing positive. He'll be in isolation for 10 days. It's notable they play Notre Dame in eight days. But isolation begins when the onset of symptoms occur and if that was Wednesday when he tested positive, he actually could be back in time for the Irish next Saturday. By the way, nobody else right now through contact tracing has been affected on the team. I think that's super important to mention. The Falcons over the Panthers 25-17 on Thursday night football. Normally every Friday, that's the first thing we talk about. But right now it's an, an afterthought considering the way these two teams are playing. Atlanta certainly has gotten a little bit of a spark since the dismissal of Dan Quinn. Kind of a dramatic game at the end. Teddy Bridgewater inside the 10 through a pick. Sealing it in the final moments. Matt Ryan threw no touchdown passes, and they still won. I'm not sure you can do that in the NFL in 2020, but they did it. We just talked about this moments ago. There's a lot of emotion all around Tony La Russa being hired as the White Sox manager. He's 76 years old. The move coming from the 84-year-old owner, Jerry Reinsdorf. He did manage the White Sox in 1986. So, yes, he left in 86. 34 years later, as a four-time manager of the year and a Hall of Famer, he returns to manage the team that dismissed them. Unbelievable. Sports Center is brought to you by Shell. Get more time to listen to our show by going to Shell and getting three things done at once. First, fill up with Shell V Power Nitro Plus. Then save up with the Fuel Rewards Program. Finally, snack up to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell. I just want to mention this one thing to you. This is really interesting because if you root for a team like the Chicago Cubs before 2016, right? We're waiting 108 years for a World Series title. Or you root for the Red Sox before 2004. Like, when are we going to break the curse of Babe Ruth? Or you're a Cleveland Indians fan. Do you guys realize the Indians haven't won the World Series since 1948? Mm. So if you're out there listening to us and you're a college or pro sports fan and you root for a team that has shown no signs of life for decades and decades, and has broken your heart left and right, you will love our next guest. You may not know too much about me. We know about the fellas, Keyshawn and Jay. Right, Jay? Mm-hmm. Right, Key? T? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the bottom line is, you look at it and say, Halloween's tomorrow. <laughs> the guy I'm about to introduce, and I know you want to say something here, Key. The guy I want to introduce basically took over a job that was 
Halloween apropos, a graveyard, a cemetery for decades. But things are a little bit different. It is a little bit different. And that particular person has caught your eye in many ways. Back in 2014, Zubin, my co-host, said this. I kid you not. If Derek Jeter, Landon Donovan, Peyton Manning, and Greg Schiano were all on campus visiting in the same day, I would rather spend one minute with Coach Schiano than an hour with any of those other individuals. And when I say campus, Greg was an ESPN NFL analyst for us. And I know, ladies, I know you'd rather spend a minute with Derek Jeter. We get it. But I have a man crush on our next guest. Greg Schiano, the Rutgers football coach, joins us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, who has orchestrated one of the greatest comebacks in college football history. And now he's trying to do it again. Coach, we'll get into all that in just a second. But I've got to ask you, as a guy that's coached Rutgers, been in the NFL, assistant at Ohio State, the biggest story in all of football today is everything with Trevor Lawrence. Let's have fun in a second. But just give me your thoughts on Lawrence here. Well, it's, uh, you know, this whole virus, as we know, is something that's uh, unprecedented and nothing surprises me and, and it shouldn't surprise anybody because it's, it's really affected everyone. It doesn't matter who you are. And um, I just hope that he's going to be well. And it sounds like he's doing okay. So keep him in our prayers. Let's talk a little bit about you. I mentioned I went to Rutgers University. It's one of the toughest jobs in America. In the five years prior to you getting there, they essentially won 12 games in a five-year span before Coach Ciano shows up. Then he shows up a second time. The previous five-year span, they won a grand total of 11 games. So not too much. Why would somebody like yourself, Coach, who has proven yourself, been in the NFL, had one amazing turnaround, why in the world would you try that twice? <laughs> Well, some people would say that's a good question. I uh, I love Rutgers. I love New Jersey, and it was my dream job once, which not many people say that, and I'm very fortunate. I consider myself blessed that uh, I have a second chance to do my dream job. I grew up in New Jersey. I always thought that New Jersey and Rutgers deserve to have a, a championship program, and we got a long way to go, but that's, that's the goal, and, and like I said, I'm glad I have a second chance to try to achieve it. Coach, how important was it for you to, to beat Michigan State or start off with a victory in conference when you return back to Rutgers? Well, yeah, it's it's gonna be a long it's a long build, right? It's not a it's not a short a short thing. So one win really, although it feels really good and, and I think it helps legitimize, you know, what we're doing, uh, you know, it's one game. But it sure felt good and it was great for the players. I mean, these kids have been, as you mentioned earlier, they've been through some tough years. And to win a game in the Big Ten Conference, it's hard to do. And for them to be able to achieve that, just the, the looks on their faces was great. But as you know, we got we got a, the 17th-ranked team in the country coming into our stadium for our home opener. And uh, this is going to be a great test for us to see how we respond. You know, in building a program, you got to have boosters and fan support and all of those sort of things to get the things done that you need done. How has that support been, especially after the Michigan State win? Uh, it's been unbelievable. But really, the the thing that I would say, and, and you said, well, why would I even think about doing it a second time? You know, the first time it was it was a lot of fun. It was that innocent climb, but we did it basically with one hand tied behind our back. We were competing in a league where we didn't have always have the same resources as the other people. And one of the things in in my agreeing to come back is that Rutgers was going to go all in on, on Big Ten football. And I can tell you that the university and the state has done just that. Uh, they've given us the resources to hire a great staff. 
to, to, to acquire the things we need to make it an experience that the players have an opportunity to win. And, um, you know, when you talk about college football, there's, that's a lot of things. Right? People don't realize you have to be able to have a creative staff. You have to have people that can make edits and make videos because that's the world we live in today. You know, these kids, they live and communicate through their phone. So we need to be able to recruit them with, with great creative ideas, content. Well, that all costs money, right, to hire those departments, you know, which, which we never had that stuff. So uh, we were able to really put together what I think is a tremendous staff, and now we just got to keep our head down and keep chopping. Coach, Indiana beats Penn State, big game that you guys have coming up. But, you know, how do you get your players not to look forward to the next game? The Buckeyes are on your schedule one of the top teams in the nation. How do you get your team to focus just on this game and not look forward to the next? You know, I think where where we've been as a program, uh, you know, I think all eyes are fixed on Indiana. We, we, we haven't beaten a ranked team in a long time around here. We have the 17th ranked team in the country playing in our stadium. Who knows what it's going to end up? I, I couldn't tell you. You know, I, I don't, I really don't know our team well enough to predict. This is a great, opportunity to see how we respond but i don't think there's any issue looking forward i think the issue is we got a really good football team coming to our place and that's going to be the test are we are we good enough to to, you know the whole goal you know i look at the big 10 a lot like i did the nfl if you can get to the fourth quarter and have a chance to win then you got to find a way to win it in the fourth quarter and a lot of times it comes down to a a two-minute drive either stop them to win or, or go score to win Coach, you spent a couple years with Urban Meyer down at Ohio State, and you see what's going on within the conference. How important is it for the rest of the conference to be able to do some things to represent the college football playoff? I think it's critical. I do. And I think, uh, you know, you you think back to when Urban went back to Ohio State back in 2012. Uh, Big Ten was was in a a tough position. And I think what Urban did is he he reset the – he reset the standard in the Big Ten Conference. And now I think it's the most healthy conference in America. And uh, we need to make sure that we do our part to contribute, but we also need the traditional teams to continue to, to be what they are. And that's, uh, you know, powers in, in, the, in, the, in the conference and in the, in the country. Let me tell you, this is a guy that grew up in New Jersey. Jay spent a formative part of his life in New Jersey. There used to be a joke. You guys probably remember on the 150th anniversary of college football, everybody harkened back to what they call the Route 1 rivalry Mm -hmm. if you live in New Jersey. Rutgers over Princeton in the first game, 6-4 key. That was played in 1869. And the joke used to be until Coach Ciano showed up, we were going to get that second win. We just weren't sure when it was going to (laughs) happen. Things have changed in an unbelievable way, and the trajectory seems to be – Fantastic. When I grew up, there were no billboards, block R's. If you're listening in the tri-state area, nobody was excited about Rutgers football. And this guy's put it on the map, and people are really pumped. It was pumped for me. The show's about Key and Jay Will. I totally get it. But it was great to spend 10 minutes with you, Coach. Best of luck, and I look forward to talking to you down the line. Good luck, Coach. Thank, thank you, fellas. I appreciate you having me on. All right, Coach. Last thing I'll tell you real Zubin, quick. I got to tell you yeah. real quick is that there's nothing better than after a Rutgers football game going to good old New Brunswick, old Queens. Oh, the old Queens Tavern. Nothing better than the old Queens Tavern. Great stuff. I'll tell you, because you guys are big recruiting guys, give me just one second on this. It's all about keeping the SC kids in California. It's all about Duke recruiting nationally, right? I'm going to just give you my all-time New Jersey team of college football players. None Mm -hmm. of these guys went to Rutgers, and this is why it's Mm -hmm. important to keep the fellas at home in any sport. Your all-time quarterback from New Jersey, Joe Theismann, didn't go there. All-time running back, Ron Dane, maybe the greatest college football running back of all time, didn't go there. Mike Rozier, if you're old enough, 
Didn't go there. Dwayne Jarrett, wide receiver, key, SC. Didn't, didn't go, go there. there. Tight end, Greg Olson. Minka Fitzpatrick, Rashawn, Gary, Jabril Peppers. I could go on and on in forever. Cushing. For, for this list. Cushing yes. was there. Ryan going with the Jersey basketball players too now. 100%. Same thing. 100%. No doubt about it. Dewan Wagner, like Rozier. From Camden. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All you of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil. <laughs> well, I think you made the right choice. Why? Don't you think you made the right choice? You can delve into that later. Still to come, one of the NFL's toughest and best rivalries in the NFL is renewed this weekend for a guy that used to be smack dab right in the middle of it. Bone crunching stories on the way. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. That was our Diana Rossini this morning. She's actually going to be covering the best NFL rivalry renewed for ESPN this Sunday. That'll be the Steelers and the Ravens. It's a Halloween Eve. The fellas are fired up. Leave the candy outside the door, as Jay said, for social distancing. Leave the Make apple sure. outside I, the door. You know, I have a, as, as much as I like scary movies and all that sort of stuff. I like watch them to scare myself because mm. I get scared when you know what I'm saying. Like you hear something, you like. At that time of year, right? Upstairs. It's a little dark. <laughs> it's Halloween Eve. Throw a little shoe to hear some. No- see if. Sh- throw some over there. See, and see you got too many jokes. I ain't, see. Keep me messing with people that don't watch the scary movies. I don't like it. Let's roll to the Shell Pennzoil performance line and welcome in Bart Scott. Bart spent seven years with the Ravens, and he was a part of this great rivalry for so long. So simply put, Bart, take us inside the best story you have personally from the rivalry. Probably over 30 times in, in a, in a seven-year period, you know, in that rivalry. And really what it is, the rivalry is just a, a, it's like looking into a mirror, right? Because for every great stiller, it's like the movie, you talk about horror movies, like Us, right? In the movie Us, you're going against, you're being chased by somebody that looks just like you. So whether you want to talk about, you know, Terrell Suggs, you want to talk about James Harris and Debo, you want to talk about Ray Lewis, you want to talk about Fair, you want to talk about Palomalu, you want to talk about, you know, Ed Reed. It's like when you look, it's like looking into a mirror, it's like looking into your equal or your counterpart. You know, for myself, it was Larry Foote, right? The, the equal talent. So it's like, it's like beating yourself. And are you willing to take it long? Because you know the talent is over there equal. So it doesn't come about the, the skill. It becomes about the will. You know, I can remember, you know, one year Mendenhall was a young, young player in the league. And, mm-hmm. you know, Ray Rice, they were friends. And they were kind of laughing and joking. And he said something slight and joking, tongue-in-cheek, like he was going to run over us and all this type of stuff. Like he, he watched on film. He's ready. 
You know, so Ray Rice just tell me, and I used that totally and made up the biggest lie. You know, I went in there to the defense. I said, listen, man, this dude is just sitting here, this young player, I think he was a rookie, like being disrespectful. He said he's going to run over us. He don't respect us. Ray Lewis, you ain't nothing. And I can remember Ray before the game, like, almost crying. Just get over and respect us. So everybody all hyped up. The first play, Mendenhall caught the ball, um, ran the ball. Ray Lewis broke his shoulder. And that's the game. That's the rivalry. You know, I can, I, I can remember, like, me calling my own shot. You know, telling, telling, telling uh, Willie Parker and telling Willie Colon and, and going to the sideline with Tom. This is why I respect Tom so much. So I remember Rex wrote about in his book, and I remember going – I was notorious for going to the opposing team's sideline during, um, during, during timeouts. So I'm talking stuff to – I think his name Dan Crowder. I'm talking to Dan. Like, man, I said I tackled uh, Willie Parker to play before. I said, Willie, this dude's going to get you killed. He sucks. Right, so like he runs over there. He's like, "Forget you, Bart." So I'm over there talking. I'm like, "Man, listen, I bet you if you get in this game and you run a and, and you run an ice, so I bet you I knock your punk butt out." Man, and so like, so Mike exactly, Tom- but yeah, yeah, exactly. So Mike Tomlin, so so Mike, so Mike Tomlin, so Mike Tomlin's sitting on the sideline. He's watching us argue, and I'm like, "Coach, put him in the game. I bet you I knock him out." So he looks at Dan, said, "You want him?" He said, "Heck yeah, mother lover." And I was like, "All right." He's like, "He's like," Mike Tom said, "Go get him." So he runs out there. He got a neck roll. He's all jumped up. So, like, comes out right now. And I'm like, he ain't going to really run it. So he runs. I hit him. Boom. I'm like, I told you he suck. I'm going to kill you. So he suck, right? So he pops up like Zab Judah. He pops up way too early, right? He should have took the stand in eight. He should have took the knee. He pops up too early, and he runs, and, and, and like, he, he's, like, running around. So he runs to the sideline, and before he gets to the numbers, he collapses, right? So I can remember Terrell Suggs saying, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I've never seen anybody call their own shot. He knocked him out. He said he was going to knock him out. So I'm all gassed up, right? And, you know, just, like, being able to have those type of, you know, memories. I remember when James, James Harrison decleated Ed Reed on, like, an intercept or a punt, and I thought Ed was dead. But, you know, it's like one of those things, right? Every, we, have, we have a building, and Keyshawn understands this, every team is built to win a certain way, yes. right? And the Ravens and certain teams, you can, you can decide to be a boxer and do the sweet signs, but whenever these two teams get together, they decide to make it a brawl. And it's not because they can't do something else. It's because it's for the respect of those that came before, right? So I play because of what <laughs> McQuarrie, Michael McQuarrie did. I play for what Jonathan Ondick meant to this. So this is like a college atmosphere when you're paying homage to those that came before you and make sure that this game is played the right way. Great stuff, Bart. We got to run once again, 1 p.m. Eastern Steelers and Ravens. We'll see you on Get Up as uh, if you're watching on television, you're getting ready to do I here at the you, top of the hour. Tell Thank you, what, you Bart. Give some, Ra- get, get some Ravens still a heart to them soft cowboys, Keyshawn. I, I, wow. I, I, I'll save some of my questions next time you come on because you <laughs> ate up the five minutes we have for you. Good luck on Get Up. <laughs> a different Apologies. definition. A different definition of one good, and done. Bart. We were talking about the one and done. Don't let do that to you. You good, Bart. You <laughs> tell your stories. You cook, man. man well, I had a whole list of questions. Bart just... Hey, 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 Many questions. I'm digging do wrong. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.